0: We know things are nuts out there. You need something to depend on. That's where we come in. Coming to you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. With the sports gaming strategies and information you won't find anywhere else. Depend on it. Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Sports Grid Radio Network.
1: And away we go, our number two of Vegas Sportsbook Radio on Sirius 159 and the SportsGrid Radio Network. Glad to be with you from the KSHB studios in Las Vegas. Brian Blessing here on a Tuesday. Tuesdays are great, a lot of cool things happening. One, we got our pal Tony Neville in studio, but it also means buy one sub, get one free over at John Smith Subs 9701 West Flamingo. That's a screaming deal on Tuesdays for you. Our friends at Oasis, now they go nuts. They'll have the Mac games on and hockey and NBA. All the sports is always on. Kitchen's open 24 7. The great gaming promotions over at Oasis. 4955 South Decatur. I love Tuesdays. Good to see our buddy Tony Neville. Got to spend a day with Tony. And he joined us yesterday briefly uh, on the show. And one more time, I just want to say thanks, Tony. You uh, deserve a. World of Credit Breeders' Cup Day was a lot of fun at your joint. The Golden Circle Sportsbook and Sports Bar. I mean, it's, it's awesome for any sporting event. But for a day like that, to have the combination of the horse racing and all the college football and all the stuff that was going, was going on, I mean, that was a fun, fun atmosphere in there. People were just, honestly... There was just nonstop action, and and there was a buzz in there
2: all day long. It was was great fun. You know, our final guests were leaving today, Brian, headed to the airport to head back to Houston, Texas. Uh, Some of the last uh, players we had, and it was good to have them. I mean, some of the folks got here on Wednesday, and – Stayed through till today. Watch, stayed with us. Watch Monday Night Football. But to be able to juggle that kind of environment, it, it looks hard, but it's actually real easy. We've got a great staff there, attentive tellers that are trying to take great care of you. Of course, having 10 kiosks takes a lot of the load off the bedding windows. And then to have that great staff that, with the food and beverage uh, inside the golden circle, to keep everybody with plenty of things to drink and lots of good food to eat, makes it just a great time.
1: I mean, every day the offerings that are out there now—it's this industry. Look at all the jurisdictions and how this has taken off all around the country. And you know, we do—we've done this. This is what we do, and we always have done. And it's great. And every day there's all kinds of cool stuff. And there's new offerings each and every day. The menu just grows and grows and grows. But there's nothing like a big day. You know, when you you go, you top it off with a fight, you college football, then you get a weekend of of NFL action. But that Saturday, that was just, that was like an event. And, And the Breeders' Cup is an event here, I think, in order. It's March for me, personally. It's March Madness, the big four. March Madness, the first two days. Super Bowl two, Derby Day, first Saturday in May, usually a big fight on Saturday night, three, and Breeders' Cup, four. And, it's, and the irony of that is that here's horse racing that's, you know, if you want to say it's on the periphery, but they're front and center on two of the
2: four biggest days with dollars flying around in the city. Well, with the two days we just finished with, Friday and Saturday, To watch that level of competition, starting with the two-year-olds on Friday and then culminating in the Classic, and to watch the competition and to look at the people as they're preparing their horses prior to the race and as they walk these horses off the track, uh, what a commitment. To these great racehorses, but the same kind of commitment also goes to your ten thousand dollar claimers. They just don't bring as much money back to the barn every week. Oh, no! I mean, the hard part is getting them to the gate. Yes, and, and, and this
1: week again, apparently, getting them out of the gate was also a problem,
2: <laughs> <laughs> making sure they don't want to pretend they're on a trampoline inside the number two hole in the last race. Yeah, man,
1: that was that will be interesting to see. It's, you know, as much as you and I love the sport, you had the Baffert stuff on Derby Day and then one of the Breeders' Cup days, you get one of these kind of situations that arises and a lot of people have a stone in their shoe. And you're on the front lines. you got to deal with it. There's nothing you can do. It's all based on the jurisdictions at the track.
2: Yeah, that's uh, the way it all shakes out. But I think we're going to read a lot more about it, you know, for the next probably several months because... The pick six controversy that it created for people, not just nationwide, but worldwide, mm-hmm. is well, going to uh, question folks as to how they communicate from the starting gate over to the uh, person that's running the parimutuel wagering. I,
1: see, I mean, I used to work at a racetrack, so that was my my immediate understanding of this, because I, I kind of know, know how it works, that it's the parimutuel manager that's up in the – he's up in the room, and he basically – they're they're on the walkie-talkies in communicate with the vets, whomever. But he pulled the plug, and once that horse come out of the system, he's out of the system. And then the vet said, no, he can run. So, yeesh, uh,
2: communication, right? And how about a hearty cheers going to all the guys that came from across the pond, Brian, and lit up the tote board over there on Saturday. I was proud of myself,
1: and I'll tell you why I was proud of myself. I mean the time form, the Europeans, you know they're gonna run big. That horse from Japan, he had bigger numbers than the European horses, but they you know, let this one that horse should have been eight to five. He went off five to one because he was from Japan. Yeah, well it's it's tough for
2: people to process, you know. Uh, people numbers, don't follow it. Numbers are numbers.
1: All right, All right, we're gonna dive into football. Mr. Neville's got the high pro glow because college basketball is just about to tip off. We're coming back to Vegas in a moment. Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Uh, With your Vegas Sportsbook Radio Series 159, Sports Good Radio Network from the KSHB Studios in Las Vegas. Brian Blessing joined by Tony Neville from Treasure Island. By the way, Fridays now are our little hoot nannies over at the Super Bowl with Jay Cornegay in the gang. Jeff Sherman will join us tomorrow on the proverbial program. Mark Lawrence will do our weekly look at college football in the NFL. Be a fun Wednesday for us on Sportsbook Radio. Don't forget Football Central. Over at the uh, Westgate, great place to watch the games. Mr. Neville's here from the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Sports Bar. Treasure Island, you're coming in from uh, out of town. You're staying on the strip. you got to stop by and see the big guy here because he's, he's as good as it gets. And uh, he'll have a smile on his face and he'll take care of you. So, you said that all the people that had come in for the Breeders' Cup weekend stayed to watch the Monday night game. Yeesh! What was the mood and the hooting and hollering in the book last night? That was a bizarre game that was kind of pedestrian and went nuts. Fumbled punt woke the whole thing up, and then it turned into this seesaw thing. But, you know, a taunting call with the game on the line. Was the kid out there too much? I think part of it was they were changing... You know, it was fourth down, so the special teams were coming on. Are they going to punt, aren't they? And he's just off the practice squad. I don't even know if the kid's on special teams or not. And like it was kind of a a cluster that everybody was kind of out there. And he's standing there, but he's 20 yards from their bench. Okay, kind of staring him down or whatever. Didn't say anything. And he, he turns and goes off the field. I'm sorry. People aren't paying to go watch the ref. And I... I could probably even I could probably live with that call with about six minutes left in the first quarter, and I'd still go, well, what did he really do? But to do that at that situation where basically they're punting in, in, with three minutes ago and the, the game's on the line. Come on, man, you've that that you got to see something really, really egregious to call that at that point of the game.
2: I think if the player had taken his helmet off automatic, and started yipping, yeah. but maybe he, he was just admiring those new maybe. Pittsburgh Steeler uniforms maybe. that were kind of <laughs> tacky, but uh, it was just very, it was the wrong time, it was the wrong penalty, and it was uh, which team's going to win, and it was so crucial because it gave him a first down. But, uh, you know, in the long run, if you were gaming on it and you happen to have Pittsburgh on the money line, you're a winner. If you happen to have the Bears plus the points, you're a winner. So some people came out winners and other people, you know, took it on the chin.
1: I'm a dummy. I mean, our producer, Chris Bavona, we're going to get this. We're going to have it at our beck and call when this stuff happens and start utilizing it as a little drop when these things happen. That famous NFL films sideline thing. It was Marv Levy when he was with Kansas City. And, you know, you over-officiating jerk.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely what we saw last night. And the number of penalties. You know, I I know some teams play sloppier than others, but wow, they really had the Bears number. I mean, flag, penalty Bears, penalty Bears, penalty Bears. I don't want to whine about this stuff all the time, but honestly, Tony,
1: we had uh, Lance Easley, former NFL ref on Last week, we'll call on him again when there are these goofball kind of situations. But I mean, honestly, when there's a punt, aren't you almost like throwing confetti in the air when there's not a flag? Just doesn't it seem like there's a flag on every kick return, every punt return?
2: Yeah, that. But let's let's talk about the one punt last night where the kid fumbled the ball. That was one of the most unusual looking fumbles I've seen as he's going to the ground and pulling that juggling act like he's pulling a football out well, well, of his back pocket or it was something.
1: almost an optical illusion I was on the phone with our buddy Cam Stewart who's up in Toronto and he needed the Bears and they were in trouble the punt changed everything and the first when you saw it they ran it in go okay it calls a touchdown and you can advance it it's a fumble it's not a muff so he's all excited and then they showed the first replay and it's like he kind of had corralled it again and then hit the ground and it got punched out I go I don't know then they show the angle from behind and the ball was out loose and moving but the, the front angle of it it was like he had almost resecured it but the first the, the other angle said no that thing's out
2: But did the game get super exciting once that play took place? I mean, all of a sudden, both teams were on pins and needles. So it was an exciting finish to an otherwise uh, pedestrian game. Isn't it
1: crazy that a game like that opens up when the game's on the line? Because I think what happens, Tony, all these defenses, you're doing all these things that have worked for you the entire game. And then you go into more of a protect mode. Oh, nobody's going to beat us over the top. We got to be, you know, and all the things that have been working for 50 minutes, they throw out the window and the games explode. It's crazy. It's like, if it's been
2: working for you for the entirety of the game, you know, why are you changing what you're doing out there? Well, it feels like we have three or four or five games every weekend where we ask the same question over and over and over, you know, whether it's preventative defense, let's have four guys rush and seven guys back. But, you know, it is what it is. They, Whatever they're doing up there in the coaching box upstairs and what's being re- relayed down to the head coach, it's not as if he's stepping in and saying, stop this, guys. They allow it to continue. What's the
1: deal with you specifically, standalone book at TI, on the strip, like NFL games? When do they start to run? You know, I mean, is it is it for you specifically, is it more Thursday and beyond that, that you'll see things really start to take off at your joint specifically, or, or is it is it just pretty much, you know, common fare in concert with what's going on everywhere else?
2: Well, here's the way it is. It's Thursday's what we call parlay card day. That's the day we put out the parlay cards. Usually we've got a couple of college games. we got the NFL game. We get some action, but typically the majority of the folks that are staying with us over there they wait and wait and wait to take in as much news and analysis as they can digest and then uh, for sundays you know because so many people are coming in from the la california arizona utah area uh we'll have people coming in they're up so late friday night that saturdays we may not have some folks up for the nine o'clock games in college but they're by ten thirty, quarter to 11 on sundays same thing. It's a little slow starting out, but usually about 8.30 on to that 10 o'clock. It's about an hour and a half of just steady writing tickets uh, until we kick off. But by having those 10 kiosks, Brian, that really helps out a bunch because a lot of that conversation goes amongst friends standing there putting in their own bets.
1: What's it like these days, Tony? I mean, in terms of us getting back to semi-normal here after after the pandemic. People like the crew from California, Arizona, do these people come in like what's what's the number? Two, three times a year? Are there come some coming in a boatload of times? Or what is it? They usually come in three,
2: four times a year. Well, your hardcore sports better is probably here at least once a month. Right. And then everyone else, it could be four times a year, three times a year, twice a year. Some folks come once a year, but the one time they come may be March Madness, maybe Kentucky Derby, but it's a big weekend for them. It's a four-day weekend. It's not just coming in on Friday and leaving Sunday morning.
1: All right. Tony Nevels here from Treasure Island. College Hoops is about to start. Crazy menus, like 70 games. Tony's got his power ratings. We'll do a little College Hoops chat, which is fun. Throw another, another coal on the fire. Let's go. Glad to be with you. Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Sirius 159, and along the Sports Grid Radio Network. Don't forget our friends downtown at the Golden Nugget. Happy hour, 4 to 6 every weekday at the Chart House and the Cadillac Cantina. Back to Vegas in a moment.
0: Sports professor Rick Harrow inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports with your Daily Numbers game. 40 years of toiling here in Florida. Failed referendums. Last-minute legislative vetoes. Everybody wanted gambling. Good for tourism. Well, it's finally here on the precipice, the doorstep. Governor DeSantis negotiates with the Indian Nations, and the gaming contract allows four locations in the state of Florida as long as they go through the Hard Rock Casino Sportsbook to get profits of 60 percent with these relationships. They tie into that sportsbook and off they go. Bottom line as well is it's the first time it's happening in the state, kicking off a sports business club of the Palm Beaches on Wednesday to celebrate the successes of sports and obviously other issues. Look for that to happen very quickly. Sports professor Ricaro daily numbers game. There's knowing how to play the game, and then there's knowing how the game is played. We are the second part. Some call it strategy, but we just call it the edge. Come and get it. Your trusted source for gaming, odds, and more. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM.
1: Back with your Vegas Sportsbook Radio. We're in the KSHB Studios in Las Vegas, Sirius 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Brian Blessing, thrilled to have our pal Tony Neville, Treasure Island in studio with us. More often than not, he's kind enough to swing by. It's always great to see him on a Tuesday. And what a Tuesday. The opening of college basketball season, and you are like a little kid in a candy store. You got your sheets, you're carrying them with you, you got your power ratings. I know this is Um, A sport you're passionate about you love.
2: Yeah, Christmas in November. The boys are on the hardwood. The kids that go out and give 20 minutes in the first half, 20 minutes in the second half, and give whatever they got left in their heart for overtime if it goes that far. So, great day. We're starting out today out here on the West Coast. Two o'clock, you see San Diego's going to take on the Cal Bears up in Berkeley. And then, of course, tonight we'll wind down. It'll be University of California Bakersfield taking on the – Wizards of Westwood over there at UCLA, and that game will tip off about eight oh three. Brian, we
1: know that there's the two big ones today, but you brought up a weird, weird point because a lot of times out of the gate, right? You've had these preseason tournaments, and normally out of the gate, I would say maybe the majority of the games are neutral site games. Yeah. That
2: is not the case today. Absolutely not. Matter of fact, the only two neutral site games we have are the two big ones. They're coming from Madison Square Garden at four o'clock. Kansas and Michigan State will tip it off, and then at six thirty out here on the Pacific time zone, Kentucky and Duke will hook it up in the second game. And everyone else will be playing on their uh, home court. And tonight will be a good uh, night for making some adjustments on your power rankings. And traditionally, there's about four or five weeks for these teams to kind of meld together and for the odds makers to determine who are the pretenders and who are the contenders, Brian. Uh, The big one in in
1: New York, well, they're both big. The second one, though, Duke, pretty firm, looks like a three-point favorite. In that game, total 148-and-a-half.
2: Uh, wh- what did you have it at? Duke, five. Okay. I had Duke uh, about you five You have that, or you've hung that? No, I hung uh, three. Okay. And it's been two-and-a-half or three since yesterday, okay. but uh, I'm leaning a little bit more. A lot of people are picking Kentucky. I was reading in the R.J. today as an upset team, but I think this year uh, Kentucky may be uh, – a couple of steps below, indicative of kind of the way they were last year, Brian. So what did you do? Because we know annually,
1: Izzo, Michigan State come out of the gate, play a big opponent. Last year, I do believe they won their first game against a big opponent. But usually, it's all about Izzo getting right at the right time of the year. And he, he's one of these guys that's a work in progress. Teams like Kansas usually come out of the gate like a jackrabbit. Would Where, you have that one?
2: I had Kansas by six, mm-hmm. and uh, the number is anywhere from four-and-a-half to five-and-a-half and over under 139 and a half. I think that number's come down a couple of points. That might have opened 141 and a half somewhere in that neighborhood and come down some, if I'm not mistaken, Brian. What's the biggest challenge
1: with so much of these teams, you know, the unknown factor? Because you'll have a lot of kids get uh, – get freshmen coming in starting to make an impact or through graduation. All sports. I mean, football, same thing. But with hoops, getting a read on pace of play, are the totals... I mean, we don't know how they're going to shoot, but, but how how quickly they're getting it off in relation to the shot clock and the tempo of the game impacts the quality of the shots they get. How do you keep tabs on so many of them and then they cycle back and play two, three times a week?
2: Well, you know... I don't profess to be the master of totals on the college games. There's uh, other individuals that work within our industry, and that's really what their forte is. But with as many coaching changes as you have and player changes that you have, you know, it's going to take a while for a team to figure out where they need to play and how they need to play. And most of that deals with matchups, too. So if you're long and the other team's short, they may try to slow it down. Uh, if both teams are short, they may try to run and gun. But remember, we're trying to get numbers and figure pace of play on teams like Dixie State, Tarleton State, North Alabama, Cal Baptist. I mean, most of these teams aren't even on the Richter scale for most people that are out there watching it, but yet they're part of the rotation, Brian.
1: But don't you have to be – Well, I mean. The answer is yes, I guess, but um, you've got the work you've done and the belief in how you've done it in the past. But a lot of the times you get these first games out of the gate and, you know, some teams, for whatever reason, it just doesn't mesh. And it's one thing, the adjustment you make from week one to week two in college football, but in college basketball – What do you do? I mean, you've got to go with the belief system because they could be playing a real inferior foe. Uh, And, oh, by the way, at the beginning of a college basketball season, so many kids, so many of the teams are impacted by, hey, this guy is ineligible for the first month. I mean, just keeping tabs on who's actually playing is really hard.
2: Well, you know, that's about 20 minutes of the work in the morning is going in and looking at injury reports. Uh, also reading about uh, which which teams and players are academically ineligible for three or four games. Uh, a lot of this just goes back to the NCAA and them making a the determination. You would have hoped their determination would have been long before the time we have our first tip-off, but for whatever the reason, uh, some of this stuff gets uh, passed over, passed over, and now we're at a critical time, Brian. So it's not a lot of adjustment that you're going to make this first eight weeks, you're going to make slight adjustments every game. But remember, for the good teams, they have a few poor players or underachievers, and the bad teams have some really bad players sitting on the pine there. So generally speaking,
1: when you start college hoops, are the players more selective or do they feel they've got an edge on maybe a team or two they've really honed in on Do you think they kind of ease their way in,
2: or are they diving right in? Well, I think most of this is uh, credited to the coaching and the coaching staff. I don't think they allow their players to get outside of the realm of what the goal is. And I believe teams set different goals for different times of the year. And I think your goal for November and December is to let everybody know they're going to get some time in, but we're going to work on cohesiveness and find out which players are willing to dive for the balls and which ones are willing to stand back and watch the ball roll out of bounds. And that tends to lend the kind of knowledge that a coaching staff needs to find out which players they need in the ball game when they need aggressive play. And, you know, when you got a twenty point lead when you can slide a player out there that you know needs a little more maturity.
1: Tony Neville's here, at Treasure Island, the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Sports Bar. How about occupancy, Tony? I mean, are we we're, we got the rodeo in town. Are, are we? Oh, by the way, we seeing unfortunately the last one, right? But are we seeing the cowboy ads oh, I don't think the
2: rodeo's here yet. Last weekend we had the bull riders in town. Or it was a PBR.
1: I'm sorry, it was PBR. Yeah, professional bull riders were, were here last boarders, week. We saw riders.
2: a couple of them, not many of them. Um, but we, you know, we had a lot of folks asking about the Canelo fight. Mm-hmm. We had the usual suspects coming in and checking on the odds on the MMA. But. uh, College football and horse racing reigned supreme this last weekend. And we are going to see, come December, when NFR gets here, we'll see Gillies lit up. I mean, it's already jamming like crazy with the dance hall and the saloon, but the restaurant, too, with the barbecued ribs and everything else. Golden Knights are back home,
1: Long Eastern Road Swing. Uh, obviously, they have the big trade, but you know, just trying to get through a lot of injuries now. But Seattle's back in, and... There's a whole new market kind of opens up, right? I mean, maybe get people from Seattle starting to pop in your joint on a regular basis when the Kraken come here.
2: Well, I hate to say this, but one of our newest tellers, first thing she did was buy a Kraken jersey. So we <laughs> they are, are nice uniforms. Oh, like, they're nice, that. but it's going to be interesting because that betting line's coming down, Brian, on the Kraken tonight. I, uh, I'm honestly, I mean,
1: it's jaw dropping, and I, I saw that. At one point, Vegas was minus a dollar twenty on home ice against an expansion team. When we know how inflated the numbers have been on them um, since they came into the league. I mean, it's I know they're injured, right? But the bottom line is, you know, this remains. It's coming down. It's minus three nickels now. First game home from a long road trip is a really tough game to play. It is. But wow. Even even in Vegas, I would get it from afar. You know, you see, maybe you see something like this. But here locally, it tells you something because
2: these numbers, the Golden Knights numbers were inflated by 30 cents for years. Yeah, but the thing is, Brian, you know, we had a couple of injuries already and then we had the addition by subtraction, and yet the addition's not available to play at this time. So we're minus, what, about four players right now from what we started the year with? Yes, but <laughs> I mean, it's still it's still an expansion team. I but I like them.
1: They play hard. I think it's going to be actually a fun. It's going to be a good game.
2: It should be a good game. I think they won a game out on the road themselves, didn't they? I mean, they yeah, they're, lost they're, several they're, early on, but I yeah. think they won one road game. But they're and, competitive. They're 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 competitive. They they in the opening night they were down three,
1: came back and tied it. You know, anyway, good stuff. It keeps you hopping in the NBA. See that nonsense with the. Jokic last night? I just totally cheap shot at a guy from behind. I oh, mean, yeah, no, I
2: heard about it on the drive in this morning, oh, but I haven't seen it yet. Yeah,
1: the NFL refs should have been calling that game and actually thrown a flag there. They got their sports mixed up last night. Well, that happens. (laughs) Tony Neville's with us. Hanging on a Tuesday. It is Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Don't forget our friends over at Oasis, 4955 South Decatur. Great gaming promotions, great food, great drink. Golden Knights game day. you got to spin the wheel. Our friends at Terrible's, the VGK game day giveaway. And, of course, when the Golden Knights are on the power play, on social media, Adam S. Kuttner on Twitter, Golden Knights scoring a power play. You got a chance to win yourself some tickets to an upcoming game. Back to Vegas in a moment.
0: It's simple, really. Sports grid, good. The early line. Good win by Kansas City because any win is a good win. Hey, we beat a 7 1 football team. You really did. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers was in that game, the Green Bay Packers probably whitewashed the Kansas City Chiefs, and there'll be a market of difference between Jordan Love and what you got on Sunday. And by the way, Aaron Rodgers probably sitting on his couch going, <laughs> "But next year? $60 million for me. Green Bay should play. It's the early line with Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrightside. Weekdays, 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific. On the home of the Winning Edge. The Sports Grid Radio Network. Your search is over. you found it. What you've been looking for. The definitive culmination of the state of the art of Of sports sports talk. This is the winning edge. You're listening to Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. You're listening to Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing.
1: Back with you, Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Brian Blessing. Tony Neville, Treasure Island, hanging with us. We're having a good time on a Tuesday as we usually do. Mr. Neville, we got three MAC games tonight. We've got three MAC college football games tomorrow night. And I just am doing a quick double tech. Yeah, the one game is Miami of Ohio, Oxford, Ohio. Highest 63 today. The weather has been unbelievably good we've yet to really we've had a couple of monsoon kind of rain games in football this year but for the most part i mean come on
2: you know second week in november the weather's still good you know and i was looking around some of the stadiums that they broadcast around on saturday and it looks like fall is still in yeah. Full plume back there on the uh, in the north and back on the east coast, and everybody loves the fall. I mean, it's it's great that we have a fall. We are so lucky here in Las Vegas. Typically, our leaves don't fall off our trees here till Thanksgiving weekend, and that's usually because of a little too much wind. So hopefully, we'll have a long fall season here. Maybe it'll last the first ten days of December. Yeah, I mean, but it has not impacted the games. No, not at all. That's, that's great because then we don't have the big fluctuation in the betting totals. And with the MAC games, they're, they're the kind of totals that jump like crazy. How about turning the corner for home here now in the big
1: conferences, the big landscape, the playoff games with the SEC? Um, who's caught your eye here of late? How are your How are your boys
2: doing?
0: Love our boys, story.
2: our boys, had to have a team miss three field goal attempts last week, uh-huh. and have the coach from Mississippi State reach out to uh, the people that are playing intramural football down there in Starkville, Mississippi, and ask if anybody could kick a ball, so they'll have tryouts all week long. Yeah. You know, it was great that we got the win. It's just, you know, in the SEC, if if you're not battling at the top you know you're just part of the underlings in the toughest conference in the nation. So right now, I mean, LSU played a good game last week. We didn't really see that coming. But but let me ask you something, and I mean this sincerely.
1: Yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, you want to win the thing. And I know, okay, it's like a broken record. It's like I was a Bills fan, right? Uh, Brady and the AFC East, just pencil them in. You know, I mean, okay, maybe that, that landscape's finally changed. So you're always going to be dealing here with an Alabama. But isn't there something really cool? I mean, as an Arkansas fan, per se. Yeah, okay. Maybe we take it on the in the chops three, four times a year. But to just have big game after big game, all this you know, yapping about, what bowl am I going to get into? I mean, over the course of the year, you're seeing great, teams come at you every week i i would embrace that challenge more than you know being a dominant team in a
2: crummy conference. Well, you know, I think what it is, Brian, it's more than the score that's on the scoreboard. Sure, that's what you and I look at on a daily basis. But let's talk about the folks that live in and around these super conferences. Those games are events. Events. You're absolutely right. They're barbecuing. They're tailgating for two or three days. I mean, it's, it's seeing old family from other parts of the country that drive in, whether it's a homecoming weekend or it's your, your first non-conference game to start out the year, it's about touching back to your roots and remembering the way it was when you were standing up there going, Woo, Pig, Suey, or calling any of the other teams that were playing on every Saturday. And you know what? Even the bigger events are the road trips. You go to a Southeast Conference football game on the road or you go to a basketball game on the road, it's big-time fun. Now, the first
1: college football game, oh, my God, I mean, (laughs) well, I guess. I'm talking close to 50 years ago, 48 years ago. Our neighbor, I live in northeastern Pennsylvania in Wilkes-Barre growing up, and my, my brother's 11 years older than me, and the guy was his age, lived at the foot of our street. Was really good. He got drafted by the Colts back in the day, but he was like a linebacker for Penn of all places. And you know, we went down there for the first time. It was the coolest thing ever. I mean, yeah, I've been to, you know, some big game, Notre Dame, Navy, some big, but college football. You know, that experience. Uh, it's it's different than the NFL. It's 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 completely different. The the game day experience.
2: Yeah, and Ivy League is even more. Intimate in that you, you don't have as many people there, but they're just as excited yeah. about being there. Where is the University of Pennsylvania? Is that in Philadelphia, yeah. too? So you got Penn there. Well, that's what you, the, you got Temple there. Well, then the, you got the,
1: what? Villanova. It's the big five uh, in hoops, right? Yeah. It's Villanova, Penn, St. Joe's, LaSalle, who we forget. Uh, what did I say? Penn Temple, Ville- Temple. There it is. Yeah, yeah. The big fun. Uh, the, yeah. Oh, the Palestra, one of the greatest. Uh, the the little bandbox.
2: Right. For the college hoops. My a roommate went to Temple. He graduated. Congratulations, Bill, on graduating. Just retired up from up at UNR. But he told me he says when I went to Temple, he said I had to fight my way to school and fight my way home every day just <laughs> to get my homework done. <laughs> what a great tradition.
1: Oh man. So. How about the NBA season? I mean, from your perspective, people betting this stuff on a nightly basis, is it? are they picking at it
2: or do they come at you in every game? They're picking at it with parlays, but the answer to the real question is Golden State Warriors future book. What's the odds on Golden State Warriors future book? Really? They have looked at how they've jumped out of the starting gate, and everybody is pounding them like it's over with. You know, early on when we first opened the numbers, it was Brooklyn Nets, but now it, it's all Golden State, and I don't know if if they're going to turn that faucet off, but they are scoring points in buckets. I mean bucket after bucket and curry. What's he go for 50 points or something at a time? I mean it's getting crazy how how
1: sharp a- he is. Averaging 27.6 seems like a lot more, but but it's good for the game to get them healthy and get them to be a factor again.
2: Right. Well, I mean it's kind of like the Red Sox or the Yankees or the Dodgers in baseball in the NBA over the last five to ten years, it's been very, very healthy for the Golden State Warriors to be in and a part of the playoffs because it drives everybody from the East Coast to see what's going on on the West Coast. And of course, the Lakers are a part of that and the Clippers have been a part of that. But this year, Brian, I think you're going to, have to uh, pay special attention to the Utah Jazz and also Denver Nuggets because I think both these teams are going to give teams fits all year long.
1: Who do you think, Tony? Back to the NFL for just a minute. I, I just can't get away from Indianapolis of all teams. That talk to me in eight weeks. You know that if they get rid of the self-inflicted wounds, I think there's they're this dangerous, semi-under-the-radar team as of today. You're good at doing this, looking ahead like that. Well, who, who do you think, especially after the wacko results we saw this past week? Who's who's a sneaky My God, Atlanta's four and four. I mean, I mean, just your perception.
2: You're thinking these guys are one and seven. They're four and four. Yeah, you got teams that are out there. I don't know if the records are indicative of really how good a team is or how really bad a team is. Well, strength of schedule is is such a absolutely.
1: I mean, that's what I was saying about the Rams. Like, okay, great, yeah, hey, good win over the Bucks, but like, you know, who you played? I mean, Indy should have beat them. Indy, Indy you know, beat themselves in that game, and it's just a game, and I now you get Vaughn Miller. Yeah, they're very, very good. I, it's just funny how you know we always throw that cautionary tale out, don't overreact, that people
2: coronate these guys, certain teams, after six, seven weeks, and it's just wrong. So when you look at a couple of the teams that are flying below the radar, this week is kind of up or down for a couple. Uh, and for instance... Eagles traveling out to Denver to play the Broncos. I think there's a lot of people that think the Eagles are moving in the right direction. After this last weekend, I think there's a lot of people, Mile High City, that believe the Broncos are moving in the right direction. But yet, you don't know that either one could win the Super Bowl, but you think that both could probably be semi-competitive should they come into the wild card. How about this one? A lot of people have already ordained the Chargers as making it. I'm not so sure. Inconsistent bunch. Uh, exactly, especially on the defense. And, of course, a couple of interceptions are, are usually the difference or fumbles. But how about the Vikings traveling to L.A. to take on the Chargers? Now, that one, you're sitting there going, oh, Chargers. I mean, I had the Chargers last
1: week against the Eagles. And now the Eagles are going to Denver. I kind of like Denver this week. And that number is going to close three. It's sitting at two and a half. It's going to get to three. But the Chargers are one of these teams. And Minnesota's in every game, Tony. It's it's just this calliope music and the two-minute warning. What are
2: they going to do to themselves this week at the end of the game? Well, there's no telling. But the other game I'm going to ask you about, Saints at the Titans. Now, you talk about a number that doesn't quite look right. Smell a rat here. Titans minus two and a half, minus 20, or minus three. Wow, something doesn't seem right, and Jameis, you know, he's not going to be around. And you just wonder, can the coach get the Saints to travel into Nashville to the Music City and surprise the Titans after they've played, you know, pretty darn good?
1: Well, the thing that's pretty unbelievable about this stretch for Tennessee is you beat the Bills, you maul the Chiefs, You found a way against Indy. Indy, again, self-destruction, but that was a big game. And then you go put the Sasquatch foot on the Rams. I mean, there's been no letdown in there. I mean,
2: how, how about the job Vrabel's doing with these guys? Oh, yeah, that's unbelievable. And they believe in him, and they play for him, but he is the epitome of a player's coach. And let me tell you, there'll be some condolences come Monday morning if the birds from Atlanta fly in to take on the Cowboys, who look more like cowgirls this last weekend, if the Falcons come in to Jerry's home and beat down on the Cowboys, there's going to be some questions going on as whether the quarterback's healthy or whether it's time for yet what? Another coaching change in Dallas?
1: Oh, no, no. He will you know, that guy, he don't settle for less, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, something crazy would happen.
2: Well, I've, I've, well, we've had an average coach there. What was he in there for, a decade before they finally? Yeah, Garrett. Garrett, and where did he end up? New York? Is yeah. that where he is now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll have to is see. total, even
1: though it's high, it almost looks low to me. <laughs> Atlanta and Dallas at 54 and a half. But like you said, what of that Cowboys offense? Was that a one-off? Well,
2: well that's sweet. what they're trying to say, but I'm I not know. so well,
1: sure. Well, first of all, he had the ankle. He answered the questions on the ankle. But then you had the shoulder or the arm thing. Right? Yeah. And now it's the hamstring. It's like...
2: Well, just like in most sports, you can't just go in after one week and flip a switch and all of a sudden you go from really bad to really good. Now, there's one thing if you get a fluke win, but it's tough to get that chemistry going and flowing in the same direction.
1: He's our bud, Tony Neville, Treasure Island, The Golden Circle Sportsbook and Sports Bar. It's always a treat to have him in here. We'll come back. We'll take you to the top of the hour. Scott Farrell is going to be with you along the network. Vegas Hockey Hotline locally, always excited. He's a great guy. That is absolutely one of the best. Called games on NBC. Did a lot of Golden Knights playoff series. John Forslund, the Seattle Kraken play-by-play guy, he's going to be joining us. Vegas Hockey Hotline, KSHP.com. There's a listen live function, so if you're a hockey fan, I think you'll really enjoy that. But our work is not done. A few more minutes left with our pal Tony Neville in studio with us. Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Sirius 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network.
0: This is the Technology Minute with George Capalbo. A private ride to space. It's all fun and games if you're William Shatner. In an instant, you go, whoa. Otherwise, lately, space
2: tourism is having a few technical problems. SpaceX Crew Dragon? Stinky. Leaky plumbing? Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic?
0: grounded by the FAA for airspace violations and unless you're comped like Shatner for your ride this is so weird your 1 hour flight really expensive now there's an alternative Worldview and Space Perspective are offering up to 12-hour leisurely balloon flights 100,000 feet up to the top of the stratosphere with gourmet meals and the world's highest rooftop bar with separate plumbing. Follow me, Achi Capelbo, on Twitter and stay tuned to The Technology Minute for more cool stuff like this. You are listening to the source of live odds, line matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. But we just call it the winning edge. Keep it here. There's plenty to go around. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM.
1: All right, back to wrap it up. Vegas Sportsbook Radio on a Tuesday. Scott Farrell's coming up next on the network. We got Vegas Hockey, Ellen Logley. Tony Neville with his Treasure Island. The Golden Circle Sportsbook and Sports Bar. Well, you got your paper there. How many papers? I mean, you got half a forest in there. All the college basketball games. were not far away, bud. Tip them off 2 o'clock.
2: You're all jacked. Yeah, ready for today. 2 o'clock out here on Pacific Time Zone. That means uh, 5 o'clock back there for you guys on the East Coast. Really looking forward to it. So...
1: Who do you think, power rating-wise, in college hoops really caught your eye? These guys are underrated, or these guys are supposed to be good, and
2: I don't have them that good. Well, let's look at some smaller schools that other people may not be looking at. I love the school. Let's go schools. with a school. How about a school called Abilene Christian? Okay. Out there in the middle of Texas, people may not know that much about them. They've got a pretty good Uh, Basketball squad. How about Loyola? Loyola from Chicago. They are looking to come back and be very, very competitive. They play in a small conference, yet they're loaded with uh, some good players this year. Uh, I know people have probably spoken about the University of Houston. You know, they don't get a lot of mention, but yet Houston's got a good squad coming in. Uh, Another small school. Oh, let's see here, Brian. You know who I've always had good fun with?
1: Hofstra. I used to love Hofstra totals. I mean, it's amazing. You you saddle up some of these teams. By the way, I love St. Bonaventure. Uh, before all this stuff kicks in, he's got uh, Schmitz got himself a really good team coming back. Watch out for Saint Bonaventure in the A ten.
2: Saint Bonaventure, very highly rated in that conference. And you know what, Brian? It's it's just great. Uh, San Diego State sitting pretty good. How about the University of Richmond, the Spiders? They're going to hit the court and they're going to be ready. for the Atlantic
1: too. Ten. I, that's such an underrated conference, dangerous when the tournament gets going. And we're going to be starting to keep tabs on these guys. Tony, as always. Great to see you, buddy. Thank you for coming by. Thank you, Brian. It's always a pleasure. He's out the door already. He's gone. College hoops. He's psyched. He's ready to go. Hey, we had a great day. Thanks to Chris Pabona back in New York. Scott Farrell's next. And tomorrow, we got
0: great fun. Mark Lawrence, Jeff Sherman going to join us tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody.